This podcast is brought to you by Learn Prime. Hone your development skills at learn.thoughtbot.com. Hey, what's up? Hey, man. Did you get a haircut? Yeah, I got my haircut. Looks good. Yep. Looks short. It's pretty short. <laughs> but you know, that's how I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since I was a kid, I've always thought that getting your haircut makes you run faster. I haven't actually tested that because I don't run. But <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> well, I don't know. What with drag and physics. I'm incredibly slow and I literally have no hair. So have you tried lubricating it? <laughs> Maybe you just don't have an ideal head shape. Yeah, no, that's probably true. Have you ever gone into a wind tunnel and done proper tests? <laughs> no. no. I bet you're getting a lot of drag over the scalp. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I don't have enough data. <laughs> How dare you assert yourself without facts? I'm sorry. Hey everybody, this is Gordon in Boston. And this is Mark in San Francisco. And this is Build Phase. What are you working on? Well, I was working on fixing my dot files. Ah. Which means I'm about 50% understanding what I'm doing and 50% <laughs> being confused as to whether I'm in insert mode in Vim or not. <laughs> yeah. Standard stuff. Sure. Fridays. I, I was live coding last night, which was a mistake, at uh, NS Coder Night because we were talking about Swift. And I accidentally got into EX mode in Vim, which is like a mode that I don't even understand fully how to get out of. So it's just like, I think there's still a Vim process running on my machine that I just wasn't, like it just disappeared and I never got back to it and I'm not sure exactly where it is. Actually, maybe I'll figure that out. Yes, actually that worked. I think that quit it. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Well, share. What did you do? I, I typed log out. Oh, I would have turned my machine off and then just <laughs> yeah. let it sit over the weekend. Yeah. yeah. Like you got to give it a few minutes. Yeah. Things right. are spinning down 30, in there. 30 seconds. That's the rule, right? You got to unplug it. You got to wait 30. That's the stupidest thing. You, <laughs> that's how you reset things, right? Is you unplug it and you let it sit 30 seconds with no power just to make sure that all the power goes away right. and then you can turn right. it back on again. That's how you reset things. Stupid tech support. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, setting up Unlocator on my Apple TV, and the instructions were to put in the new DNS settings and then pull the power out <laughs> and let it sit for 20 seconds. <laughs> you know, just let everything come to a, a rest in there. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Then plug it back in. It's it's like one of those things. I heard that as a kid, and I was like, "Oh no, that totally makes sense, right?" Like you got to let it all empty out. Like you got to let it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's full of stuff. You got to unplug it and let it sit so that it empties. That makes right. sense. But then you start thinking about it for like two seconds. <laughs> like, no, that's just not how anything works. But then you gain a little bit more knowledge, and you're like, "Oh well, you really have to let it sit because the platter is still spinning." I'm sure. <laughs> I guess, but. <laughs> I don't even think that's correct. No, it's not. It's not. It's really not. It's one of those cases where you learn more, but you sound dumber. <laughs> yeah. I call that the Mark Adams effect. <laughs> Hold on. I have a new Wikipedia page to create. <laughs> so what are you fixing in your dot files? Well, my color schemes haven't worked in, in Vim All right. in some time. Mm -hmm. And by some time, I mean since NS North when you moved me over to RCM. Okay, <laughs> and I just forgot to update the VimRC. It, there's a there's like a loop where it's sourcing all of the files under it. Yep, 
and I forgot, and I changed the directory from vim to tag dash vim, yep. and I forgot to update that yep. to tag dash vim. And my color schemes have just been messed up since mm. then. That should be an easy change. It was easy. Yeah. But Keith took me down the road of like installing all kinds oh, of new don't stuff. Like, like along him. like along the way, like I kept doing LSLA and he's like, you know, you should just install tree with homebrew. So like we went off and like installed tree so I could just view the my directory structure <laughs> faster. Tree is pretty good, but <laughs> Yeah, but and then yeah. we'd eventually be like, What were we doing? And then we'd fix that. <laughs> like, what were we doing before this? <laughs> right. Right. So what's new this week? Anything good? Mm, nope. <laughs> I was going to work on our internal stuff today. Yeah. I've been playing. You can this just say it. What? Receipts. Yeah. You can try to figure out what that means. <laughs> it's not a code name. <laughs> are you going to do Swift or are you going to? No. Objective C. Why? Because Receipts is already written in Objective C and yeah, I have issues stuff, to fix. New stuff could be Swift. I, I guess if it warrants a new class, mm. I will try Swift. We'll see. I was showing Swift in the playground to someone just a few minutes ago. Hmm. Yeah, we did. I, I feel like either Tony or I have spent over the past like three days total combined between us, like four, like four-ish hours just talking to other people about Swift. Like we did a whole dev discussion today about Swift. We talked about Swift. Tony talked about Swift for like an hour and a half last night. There's a weekly iteration episode where Tony talked about Swift. It's just been nonstop. It's good, but I'm getting tired of saying the same things over and over again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was playing way, around with it. Was that? I was just going to say, I sat in on that discussion and I had to leave because doing a hangout in that room is horrible. Was it just super echoey? Yeah. If more than one person was just talking at a normal volume, you yeah. couldn't hear anything. Yeah. I have been playing today with... I say playing, I mean like staring at the code and just being like, I don't know what to do here. But uh, trying to do like a option parser in Swift for a liftoff because we're talking about, you know, exercise, right? What like what would liftoff look like if we wrote it in Swift? And the, the first thing there is like having to do some kind of option parsing. And I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out the best way to do it inside this language. And it's like. I feel myself getting tripped up a lot more than I feel like I would in other languages. Why is that? Is it because you don't know what's available to you in the standard library? That's part of it. The other part of it is just getting used to the type system and I'm probably overthinking some things. I don't know what good Swift looks like, you know? And so since I don't know what good Swift looks like, I'm not sure how to, like, I'm, I'm never sure if I'm happy with what I'm writing. Like, I always kind of feel like, yeah, it's fine, I guess, you know? So right now, kind of where I'm, I was working with Tony, like, right before I came down here. And kind of what I landed on is having an option struct. So the idea is I want to be able to pass command line arguments and then perform actions if those command line arguments passed. So I started with, like, a simple class that just took a list of strings and then iterated through those against the arguments no, sorry. It took a list of strings and, and you added arguments. And arguments is a tuple that had name parameters. Um, long, short, description. All strings. And then it would like iterate through the options and iterate through the... And then ins, and have an inner loop iterating through the arguments. And if one of those hit, then I was just printing a line. You know what I mean? But then theoretically you could do something off that. 
but it was just but then it was returning i was like playing and returning like basically a dictionary of strings and bulls kind of like felt gross having a big tuple sitting there instead of an object felt gross it was just weird yeah you would never do that in objective c no you would never return a dictionary i mean right I, but what would you what would you return in this case in Objective C? Like if you were doing this kind of a thing, I'd model some new object, right? For the return value, yeah, right. So I'm kind of thinking no return value, and this may not be very. I can't tell if this is like a functional thing or more of a reactive functional thing, or if I'm just trying to put names to things that don't need names, but. So like where I'm kind of where I kind of am right now is you create an option and an option is a struct and it has long short description same thing right so long flag a short flag and a description string I can use those to generate like help documentation automatically and then it also has a handler which is a closure that you pass it and right now it takes a boolean and returns nothing so then when you create this thing, I created a custom initializer. You create the thing by doing like option and then long, short description and then trailing closure syntax. So foo in like print line, whatever, whatever you want to do when that flag is passed. Did you say the closure returns a bool or the function? Uh, returns no, a bool? the closure takes a bool. Oh, it takes a bool. And what, what is that used for? Uh, it wouldn't be used here. I, it was just a mock-up thing. Realistically, like for a Boolean flag, for a Boolean command line flag, I feel like the closure would take nothing and return nothing. You know what I mean? It would just be like, if this option hits, do these things. You know, it feels kind of like a nice declarative way to mock this up. So I say, if this option hits, and then I pass in a closure, set this thing to true, basically, or perform this action. And then you could have, theoretically, then you could have other options like, so, for example, in liftoff, you know, we have an indentation flag. You can pass indentation and then an integer, and that'll set the indentation level on the project. So I could have another option that is basically the same, except for that the handler takes a integer. So when I call it, I then grab the next object in the arguments list, turn it into an integer, and then return that in the closure. Does that make sense? I think so. The idea being that then you could set you could create this option with long short description and then you'd have like value in closure, right? So then I could set my internal indentation level to whatever integer was passed on the command line. Why why wouldn't you just have another property called argument that defaults to nil? So you could leave it out if it's just a like a Boolean flag, but in the case where you need to pass an integer, then you just put an integer in there. I, I don't understand the point of the closure. The closure, yeah. And then and then what? You do parse options, and then you iterate back through the array of options? So I guess what the closure is getting you is that you can attach behavior to it to say that when you match in this other code over here, this gets run. Yeah. That seems odd for it to hold on to that behavior. Yeah. Because it doesn't really care. Like, you're just using it to match and determine at a higher level that something needs to happen. Right. It's weird like giving that behavior to that and be like, here, hold on to this. And then right. later when I pick you, run this. No, I agree. I could go either way. I just felt, I, I kept getting tripped up with the type system too because I was like, oh, well, I'll have, I'll make my struct, my option struct, I'll make it a generic 
And so then I'll say like, this is a bool option and this is a string option and this is an int option, right? But then I couldn't figure out like, well, what am I doing? Am I casting stuff then when it hits? And then you can't say that this is a list of option generics. You'd have to declare the kind of option that goes in that list. You know what I mean? So I couldn't, you can't do like var options type of option T list. You can't do that. It wants to know what T is. Hmm. I could declare an interface. I was just thinking that like an option interface and then have multiple implementations. You know, here's a, here's a Boolean option. Here's Mm -hmm. an integer option. They all implement value. Yeah. That'd be better. And they could all do the long short. I could just move all this basically in there. I don't know. I don't know. I still feel lost in the language a bit. Yeah, I'm with you. But it has benefited me in Objective C. Yeah. Because now now that I feel completely inept at something else, <laughs> I have this newfound confidence in Objective C. Yeah, sure. Because it's Yeah. I'm not overloaded <laughs> with like, oh God, I'm terrible at Objective C. Like, no, I'm I'm really terrible at Swift. <laughs> right. Right. And then you what's just, left at Objective C is like, yeah, I'm I'm pretty all right. Right. You just lowered the bar enough. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. I have have the perfect gif. Yeah. It's that that rabbit. Uh, The one that that bites out the pole and then goes through it? Yep. Yep. All right. Man, that's sad. (laughs) But you can say that gif with the rabbit, and I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yep. What else? We've been talking for like five minutes. We can't end the episode here. Can we? No, we can't. You know, we won't go off on a code signing, but... um. Someone here tried to install a new build of a certain app that we're distributing mm. and no one can install it because Hockey prompted them to install the update with the broken provisioning profile. Wait, what? My app? Yeah. So it's like there's an update available and it won't install. Damn it. <sighs> so Apple broke. <laughs> God damn it. I just want I just want test flight to come out so bad. I'm like 99% convinced that there's a bug in the Apple developer portal creating provisioning profiles. Yeah. There's a com.apple.developer.teamid. Yeah. That used to be an array of strings. Yeah. Right? Yep. And now it's just a string. Now it's a string. So something's changed in how they generate provisioning profiles and it breaks when you go to sign an app with a profile generated yep. in that way. Yeah, and it breaks in that like the console logs just say unrecognized type for the key com.apple.developer.teamids. And it's crippling cuz there's like nothing you can do about that. Like you can't you can't fix it cuz it's those are signed by Apple against you know uh manipulation. So you can't fix it. Only thing you can do is, I guess, roll back. Like, I could probably just roll back that change and push a new build up so that people can install it. Yeah. The two things that sold me on it being an Apple problem was, one, there are two references to it on the support forums only from within the last week. Right. If you just Google for it, you can't really find too much that's relevant to this specific change in the profile. And then I tweeted about it at Dave DeLong and got the response of, Interesting. Thanks. I <laughs> yeah. passed it on. Yeah, that's not a good sign. <laughs> yeah, because I was totally expecting, no, you're an idiot. You're doing this wrong. And not that I've passed it on. Right. 
And my friend uh, Sam Marshall, local iOS dev, messaged me this morning because I was talking about it. I was complaining about this at NS Coder Night last night. And he, he said that Xcode automatically tried to get a new provisioning profile for him, and it was invalid <laughs> when it got it. So, <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. That's a bad bug. It's a really bad bug. This is one of those things that Apple doesn't have to dog food, right? So this would like never affect an Apple app. Yeah. How do you think they do? Do they just not do internal testing? How do you think they do internal distribution? I don't know. I always assumed that they like had their own magic so they could bypass all of that. Maybe. I just want it. Like I said, I just want it to be freaking fall so that stupid test flight can come out when I don't have to deal with this anymore. The show took a serious turn when we started talking about code signing. That's what I'm saying. I didn't want to talk about it because it's just depressing. And like I was telling you yesterday, I was like sending you text messages. It's like, I just want to quit. <laughs> like that's not, I don't want, I literally just want to be like, nope, I'm done with iOS. <laughs> I'll go do Java development. Like I don't give a shit. Like give me a job writing COBOL. I don't care. I just don't want to deal with this huh. ever again. Like, it's it's the most demoralizing thing I ever have to do. I never feel stupider than when I have to try debugging code signing issues, and I just end up sitting in front of my computer staring at it, right? My head's in my hands. I'm just looking at a screen. Tony comes up. He's like, you okay? It's like, no, I'm not. I'm not okay at all. And he's like... He's like, what's the problem? And I'm explaining the problem. He's like looking at my screen. I'm like, oh, there's nothing on the screen that's going to tell you anything about this problem. <laughs> I don't have any information about this. I can just tell you what the behavior is. And then since I'm an idiot and I put iOS beta 2 on my phone, I can't get the logs off for some reason. It just says like when I plug it into the Xcode and I look at the console for my phone, it just has a message up at the top and it says like AST is here to help. That's all it says. It's like, that is not. <laughs> it's so bad. And there's nothing you can do. There's really, like, when those things, when that stuff starts going bad, you just, like, the debugging is literally, it's just, it reminds me of, like, like. Writing Ruby? No, not even that. <laughs> like, like, early, like, trying to learn basic programming and not understanding any of the fundamentals of, like, what's actually happening and not even knowing enough to know how to start debugging something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know enough. Like, the thing is, I'm not ignorant about code signing. Like, I understand what's going on there, but there's just no in unless you have the logs. And even those are, like, sifting through this crap and you're like, oh, I guess, you know, it says – most of the time it just comes down to I don't know the signing's broken like that doesn't help you know what I mean is it the cert is it the provisioning profile like and enemy every time I do get it set up every time I do get it set up and we have you know we have a script that you know we've kind of been like moving from project to project and iterating on and it's 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 doing a really good job but even that like it just feels like you know it's fragile mm -hmm. you know yes yeah, you get it set up, but you never feel great about it. No, and you're it, afraid that, it, that if the wind changes, yeah, it's going to break again. Yeah, awful. Yeah, that's the worst. I hate it. I hate it so much. And the big thing is that everybody hates it. Everybody hates it, and nobody gets it. But nobody understands to what extent nobody gets it. 
it's really bad for new devs. I, I swear to God, we've had this conversation before, but it's worth repeating that like it's really bad for like new developers, new iOS developers. Because I remember going through this the first time and just being like, well, I'm an idiot. Obviously, I'm an idiot. All these people are able to do this, no problem. And I can't even, like, I was just like, in the dev portal just like clicking buttons just going like i don't know man like this all feels weird but this tutorial i read said to click that button there so i get like no understanding what i was doing at all you know and it just all felt like magic and i'm just like putting things in my keychain and going like ah, you know and feeling like an idiot the whole time and i like not realizing that years later you know it's been you know whenever you know ios basically just before ios 4 came out that's when i started doing this stuff right so like however many years that is, three, four years, I've been doing this <laughs> same freaking place. You know what I mean? Like I still kind of am like clicking around the dev center like, oh God, you know, I I know that I've clicked this button before and that's done some good stuff. So I'm just going to go ahead and click that thing again and tick these boxes. And Yeah. It, it's very much remembering, oh, this cryptic message means this. Right. Like, nobody ever acts yeah. upon code signing and fixing problems in an academic way. No. It's that like, oh, the stove is hot, so I know not to touch it. And like, yeah, that same sort of thinking applies over to code signing. Right. Here's a fun story. When I first tried to sign my first app back in 2008, I actually somehow ended up, well, I know how I did it because I thought the problem was the app ID. Oh. So I have, I still have six app IDs <laughs> sitting in my app list that are all really to this one. And then a few years back, I wanted to update it to V2, you know, upgrade some stuff. I went through the whole process and ended up submitting the app for the wrong app ID because I couldn't remember which one was the actual <laughs> one. So they were all like vari variations of the name. Like that was one before would have you a could space. remove those, right? Because you can right. remove them now. Oh, you can? Yeah. Well, oh, I, I think that. you can. So there's like a lowercase version and then there's like an uppercase version. There's like one with a dash in it. Yep. I, I, I did the same thing. I, I, have, I have worse, but I did the same thing. So I have like three different com.gordonfontano.whatever and then like half a dozen com.gfontano.whatever just because I was like literally just throwing stuff at the wall and being like, oh, I don't know. Like one of these is going to work. What's better is that I bought two – I had two developer accounts <laughs> uh, because I was trying to do in-app purchase. Right, and I never even ended up shipping in-app purchase, but I had this idea for doing in-app purchase to do like a freemium model thing, and so I was like, I'll have like a free, uh, not a free version, but I, I was going to put it out there and put like a limit on how many things you could add to the app, and then in-app purchase, and you'll be able to upgrade to the the full version, right? So I was like doing in-app purchase, and I really didn't understand that at all, and it just broke, like it just wasn't working for me, and I like get it kind of working, and then but. Have you ever done in-app purchase stuff like that? The whole sandboxing thing, it it makes code signing look like the most logical process on the face of the planet. Like it, that, awesome. I, it's so much worse because you have to set up like test users in in like a sandbox environment in iTunes Connect, and then you have to like run your device through the debugger. And when it's connected to the debugger, it'll connect to the sandboxed in-app purchase thing. It's like a freaking nightmare, right? And it broke. It just wasn't working. and I couldn't figure out. All I wanted to do was like, please just let me start over. Because I've clicked too many buttons at this point. And I don't know which one of those was the wrong button. So let me just, I, I couldn't figure out how to start over. So I deleted the app from, from iTunes Connect. I deleted the app and I was just in such a bad mood and I was so frustrated. I was just like, click, click, delete the app. And then immediately realized that because I deleted the app, I couldn't create an app with the same name. 
<laughs> That's it. I gave it up. I literally released that name. Other people could create an app with that name, but I could not create an app with that name. And I loved the name. It was the one thing that I was sure of with that with that app was that the name was was freaking great. So I didn't want to lose that name. And I couldn't figure out, like, I was just, like, heartbroken for, like, three days. Just like, what the hell am I supposed to do? I contacted Apple, and I was like, hey, look, you know, I, I deleted this app, and I'd really like to get the name back. And, and they were just like, nope, sorry. Like, we put it in, like, you know, there's, like, an H1 on the page. If you delete this app, you, and it makes sense, you know. What they don't want is, like, Angry Birds deleting Angry Birds and then shipping a new Angry Birds that's the same name but a different app, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't make sense. I justified it to myself at the time, and I don't remember what that justification was. But I ended up just being like, screw it. <laughs> I'll, pay, I'll pay $99 for another account. Then I had to go through moving all my tax information over, which that was another pain in the neck. And then, for some reason, they had a typo in my name that I'm pretty sure is still there. I think it was like I think it was golden everywhere. <laughs> Just everywhere. I can never find that string. Like I looked through every bit like <laughs> every single place that you could set my name, I was looking through. And I never found out where the hell that string was coming from. I contacted Apple Support like three times. It was like, Hey look, this is not my name. <laughs> can you fix this? And they're like, oh, we don't see that string. And I'm like sending a screenshot of the top corner where it's like, welcome, Golden. It's like, <laughs> come on. Nightmare. <laughs> I'm glad you're getting so much enjoyment out of this. <laughs> I, I was just sitting there for like the 20 seconds you were leading up to it wondering, What's what is this of? name going to be? I was really hoping for like Gorodon or something. Yeah. <laughs> but Golden was better than I ever could have expected. It's almost like they took my handwriting and translated because that's how like I got horrible handwriting and I've you know <laughs> that's reasonable, but I don't think I type that in. Well, wait, do you? I just you have really bad R's. No, no, I don't write cursive. <laughs> wait, so you're? <laughs> no, they're just a little. I... They're a little straight. <laughs> oh man, I could almost understand how a cursive <laughs> R becomes an L, but how? Oh boy, you just don't hook enough. That's it. You just go like this. You know, down and up, and I don't get enough with the hook. L. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> Sorry, my producer has to leave the room. <laughs> it's an honest mistake. So if you were to quit development, presumably due to code signing issues, <laughs> mm -hmm. I always imagine that you would just find a way to lift things for money. <laughs> yeah. I could do that. It's like I pick things up and set them back down and yeah. collect my paycheck. Maybe like a bouncer at tech conferences. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be really good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're not abiding by the code of conduct. Conduct. <laughs> right. You're right. out of here, man. Right. That was sexist. Bam. Yeah. You don't even walk, you don't even walk them out. You like put them into a fireman's carry. <laughs> yeah. and just carry them out. Like let that be a lesson to the rest of you. <laughs> the you don't want Golden over here to carry you out. That's a great bouncer name. Golden. Yeah. So unassuming. Right. Non-assuming? I don't know. The first year at NS North, Dan, one of the organizers, Dan, just like, he just straight up came up to me. He was like, so what do you do other than development? Bounce? I was like, no. I don't. Thank you, but no. You should wear a black polo one day. I really, really wanted, I, last year at WWDC, I realized that, like, all that there was, like, 
walking around um, Yerba Buena, right? And there were all these like huge dudes, and they had polos, white polos that said like it had the Apple logo and then security. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I want one of those so bad. <laughs> Not even to sneak into the conference, just to wear like on a Tuesday. You know what I mean? Like I just wanted, <laughs> I just wanted an Apple security shirt so bad. <laughs> I think that'd be amazing. I guess I could just make one. <laughs> uh, that's that's worth the time and effort. Right. <laughs> Show up at the Gizmodo office. Like, oh god, not again. <laughs> Picture you literally turning people upside down and like yeah. hanging them by their ankles to see if prototype iPhones fall out of their pockets. Oh man. This episode got stupid. Real stupid. I don't know. Is there anything else real that we can talk about or is this just gonna be a <laughs> No, it's no. it's all downhill from here. All right. <laughs> Are you just trying to bait me into debating? <laughs> Always. All right. What else we got? Nothing. I think that was. You think that was a good episode? That was a, <laughs> I think that solid, was pretty good. We learned a lot. Yeah. We learned that we both suck at code signing yeah. along with the rest of the world. Yeah. We learned that somewhere Apple thinks your name is Golden. <laughs> yeah. The thing with me with with like code signing, the big revelation with me was like seeing Craig Hockenberry complain about it on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like seeing Craig Hockenberry, who's been doing this literally as long, like basically as long as anybody, wrote the first Twitter client by reverse engineering UI kit. He's going like, "Man, I just wasted four hours trying to debug code signing issues." It's like, "Oh God, thank you." You know what I mean? That was that was seriously that was a thing for me that was like, "Oh, thank." It took three years for me to see him post that, and it was the first time. That I realized that I wasn't just an idiot. That, like, it just sucks. It's just a horrible, horrible, horrible process, and that nobody fully, like, really, not not that nobody understands it, but that there's so much magic on Apple's side, and there's so much going on in both the code signing and the installation of the provision profiles on the device when you install the app, and like all that nonsense. There's just so much. There's too much magic around it that it just makes it impossible to figure out. Not impossible to figure out. Impossible to debug when something's going wrong. Because there's just a million places that could have broken. And so this, yesterday, like, <clears throat> I spent, literally, I didn't get anything done yesterday. Not really. I spent basically all day debugging this code signing issue for what ended up not being in my control anyway. It ended up being a, a bug in Apple's code on their server. And it's like, I guess it's good that it wasn't my fault. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. at the same time... It's like, what a waste of a day. Do we just invoice Apple right. for that time? Should. All right. This is getting dark again. <laughs> I can feel myself I, just slipping into I, like a blinding rage. Or... <laughs> I saw it. I saw it happen. You were sitting upright, <clears throat> and then you kind of devolved to holding your head up, yeah. and then your eyes went all shaky, and you're just like, just thinking about bouncing. <laughs> all right. Let's wrap this up before it gets stupider. Yeah. 43. Thank you. <laughs> Leave that in, please. Bless you. <laughs> uh, show notes for this episode are going to be found at podcasts.thoughtbot.com slash buildphase slash 43. As always, we'd like to hear from you. So email us at buildphase at thoughtbot.com or reach out on app.net or Twitter at buildphase. Additionally, ratings and reviews on iTunes are always welcome. Is that it? Yeah, nailed it. All right, let's wrap this up. <laughs> yeah, see you. Later. Later.